Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Jason Kong alongside attorney Bill Alexander. Bill, it's our last show of February. How are you doing today? That blows my (laughs) mind. But Jason, I'm doing fine and I certainly hope you are as well. I'm doing excellent. Bill, excited for the program that we have scheduled for today going to cover a lot of topics medicare medicaid trusts uh where would you like to start bill well uh i want to start uh with issues that affect uh everyone who is on medicare so that's a pretty large group of folks uh um so we're talking about medicare and not Medicaid. And so anyone uh, who is 65 years of age or older, uh, almost everyone, and I'll say almost, uh, 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 must be on Medicare, all right? And of course, there are different ways of being on Medicare, and there are a few folks who are still working uh, for large organizations which have a health plan that allows them to defer going on Medicare uh, until they retire. And and as long as they're on a qualified health plan, then they can delay going on Medicare, which I would, anybody who's in that position should in fact defer and delay uh, going on Medicare as long as they can. Uh, but, uh, frankly, uh, most of us are required uh, to um, go on some type of Medicare plan uh, when we turn 65. And, of course, the thing about it is you can sign up for it um, a couple months in advance without any problem, and that's exactly what we should do. And uh, the, the, what, what you shouldn't do is go uh, much past your birthday uh, because there are huge penalties for not signing up for Medicare. Um, but the, the fact is, is that uh, there, uh, almost everyone, uh, that is, that is uh, folks who can afford it, choose uh, some type of Medicare supplement plan, uh, also called a Medigap plan, uh, to go with Medicare because, as we know, there are lots of holes uh, in the Medicare insurance uh, coverage. Uh, Now, there is also another option, and it's called Medicare Advantage plans. Those are Part C plans. And, of course, uh, folks also have to have a drug plan as well. And sometimes the drug plan is part of the Part C plan, and some, sometimes it's not. So if, you, if it's not part of your Part C plan, then you have to have a Part D plan, uh, which is a drug plan. And those are required as well. And if you don't sign up for it timely, then you're penalized for not doing so. Now... The fact is, is that um, seniors need to reassess their Medicare plan every year. You know, so when when I talk about the fact that getting older makes your life more complicated, this is one of the areas that uh, just sends seniors reeling because the fact is, is that 
what we cannot uh, control is that the fact that, that our health plan, the one we're on right now, changes to at least some degree every year. And so uh, particularly when it comes to drugs, we have to make sure that our plan covers the drugs that we need uh, or it can really get horribly expensive uh, for us. And of course, uh, now we're looking, uh, you know, the federal government is finally trying to bring uh, the price uh, prices of, of certain drugs down, but they picked 10 common uh, drugs. Uh, you know, fortune, fortunately, uh, they picked some ones that are very important to bring prices down, uh, particularly uh, insulin. Uh, that's a biggie for anyone who is diabetic. Uh, so that's going to help folks. But but uh, the, the fact is is that uh, uh, the during the open enrollment period, which is in the fall of the year, it typically ends uh, December the 7th um, of each year, uh, you know, but uh, during open enrollment is when, during the, is the time period where we have the opportunity um, to change our health plan. Um, now, uh, that does not apply to state, you know, retired state employees. That is North Carolina, but folks on the North Carolina health plan, because those elections have to be made in uh, midsummer. <laughs> and so, if if uh, what I'm getting at is is that state plan elections uh, can be changed each year. Uh, but uh, the fact is, is that uh, it, the election period is different from the normal open enrollment period that everybody else is on. So those folks have to be very, very careful. And then, the, uh, of course, the state health plan has limited options in terms of your choices. And, and so, in essence, it makes it easier <laughs> for state employee elections uh, than for everyone else because you only have several options to choose from. Uh, and if you don't choose one, then you get the default plan. And then for the state, that default plan is the Humana um, uh, plan, which is a Part C. Uh, in other words, it's a Medicare Advantage plan. And of course, it also comes with a drug plan inside it, which is very helpful as as well. But so what are the other options? Well, the other options are the Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is uh, the, the main plan it is the um, plan that uh, is the traditional 70 percent uh, of the uh, otherwise uninsured areas that where the gaps are in Medicare. So you, you go on Medicare, and then the state provides the supplement plan. Uh, and, of course, there, there are two options with Blue Cross Blue Shield, but the, but the primary option is the 70% plan, and then they have another uh, option in there that you can choose as well that it costs a little bit more uh, and a little more coverage. But it's, it's the kind of thing that you choose which option is best for you. 
Now, everybody else uh, has a much bigger problem in terms of uh, choosing the right plan. And, uh, you know, the fact is this can be a very difficult area for seniors because, uh, number one, uh, they have to know that they need to do it. And for those folks who have children and grandchildren uh, who can actually help them research their, their options, that obviously is extremely helpful. Uh, but not everyone is blessed like that. Not everyone has uh, a, a tech guru who can uh, go through things like that. Um, you know, the Department of Insurance actually uh, has some help that's very helpful. So there are two websites that make a huge difference in, in your ability to research objectively what's out there for you. And part of it depends on where you live, because not every plan is available everywhere in North Carolina. Uh, so that makes a big difference, too. But you got two websites that should be your go-to websites for this kind of research. And one is medicare.gov, medicare.gov. And you have to be careful not to go on a medicare.com site because you won't go to the right site. You'll go to another one where they're trying to sell you something. Um, so medicare.gov or, or the North Carolina Department of Insurance, NCDOI, um, uh, website will have a link uh, on their website called SHIP, S-H-I-I-P, and the SHIP link can, uh, will also give you uh, objective uh, information on the different health plans that are available uh, in North Carolina. Uh, and depending on what region you, you live in. And, and so that can be really important too. But fact is, is that most, I mean, about half, is it, the percentages are pretty uh, clear. About half of the folks uh, stay on traditional Medicare and purchase some type of Medicare supplement or Medigap insurance plan. And then the other half, what do they do? They find that uh, a Medicare Advantage plan in their region is it gives them more coverage or uh, some things that they couldn't get otherwise. Because one of the the truisms is the fact that Medicare Advantage plans can actually offer things that are not available on a traditional Medicare plan. Uh, and actually, some of these plans, if they're right for you, are actually extremely uh, good plans. Uh, in fact, that's one of the reasons that the state uh, has the default to the Humana Medicare Advantage plan. Is that it's now that's a particular plan for state employees and retirees, but it's uh, and it's a pretty good plan. Okay, so. There are some real advantages to folks, and that's one of the reasons why people really need to look carefully at their options depending on where they live. And so those websites are uh, golden uh, because the fact is is that all of us get inundated 
with letters and TV ads and radio ads about choose this one, choose that one. And those are the things that we should be ignoring uh, because they're not objective. In other words, those are salesmen out there trying to sell us something. And it might be, you know, they might have a plan that's appropriate for you, but, uh, you know, the chances are there may be a better plan that you don't know about. And a little bit of research can, can go a long way. So that's the basic, but, you know, and I realize you're looking at me like we have to take a break, but... Um, there's a little bit of more information that I want to share as it relates to seniors uh, and Medicare. We will continue that discussion on Medicare. And, you know, it is confusing with all the different plans and all the different messaging messaging surrounding Medicare. And you gave out two great websites, Medicare.gov. Make sure you're going to the .gov website and the NC SHIP program provided by the Department of Insurance state of North Carolina. Be sure to check out those two sites to get some accurate and helpful information. And they don't charge you. I think that's a big key as you uh, are sort of inundated with these ads of charging for different services, that these are some free options for you. And they're highly credible as well. Well, if you are interested in learning more about Medicaid and long-term care assistance for you or a loved one dealing with a long-term care crisis, be sure to sign up for the free webinars put on by WG Alexander and Associates. You can go to wgalaw.com to learn more and also register for free by clicking the seminars button at the top of the page. Go to wgalaw.com com to register for that free webinar. There's no cost associated with their webinars. They do these the second Wednesday of every month. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, March 13th. Be sure to sign up at WGALaw.com. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com if you would like to schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney or go to WGALaw.com to register for their free webinars happening on Wednesday, March 13th. If you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, those are two free webinars that you can register for and attend for free. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about all things Medicare right now. And you were just going over uh, the importance of the uh, open enrollment period and annual changes that we need to be on the lookout for. Right. No question about that. And I will say that, uh, and I'm not going to make any recommendations, but I will say that there are Medicare insurance brokers uh, who uh, will, in fact, do the research for you and make recommendations as to the best uh, Medicare insurance plan for you to choose. But you have to be real careful because some of those brokers are aligned with a particular uh, insurance company, 
And that's the kind of broker you don't want. You basically want one that's completely independent and will research based on your particular issues. In other words, what drugs you are, you know, you take every day or, you know, basically uh, all the time uh, that's been prescribed for you for a number of years, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what region you live in, what health issues you actually have, there are brokers, and, and they're they're free to you. Uh, they do get paid by the different companies that you sign up with, but it's still a, a very valuable service for those folks, particularly for those folks that don't have the techie guru child or grandchild that will do the research for you, because quite frankly, it's intimidating. It's, um, you know, it it requires a a good mind to filter out all the bad stuff and figure out what's actually in in your best interest. Um, And so, um, uh, and and you need a reliable person to, uh, and and they're ship consultants through the Department of Insurance, uh, and they're also insurance brokers. uh, But, uh, so the fact is you have to figure that out. But make sh- if you use a broker, and, and uh, there are some really good ones out there, make sure they're independent of all of the different uh, insurance companies so that, the, so that you know that their recommendation is actually an objective one as it relates uh, to you. That's really important. Now, the last thing as it relates uh, to Medicare that I think is really important uh, it is for folks as they get older and start having significant health issues. And in other words, when long-term care is uh, rearing its head and families are worried about the potential for a loved one to go into um, a, a nursing facility um, on Medicaid. And when I say that, I, I will tell, you know, most of us have a pretty high risk of needing Medicaid because one of the things I talk about all the time is the fact that uh, most middle-class families can actually, w- with an elder law attorney's assistance, get on Medicaid pretty quickly. Uh, it, they can do it inside a crisis period. They don't have to do planning five years in advance. But uh, folks that own a home and have money in the bank and have investments uh, typically can get on Medicaid very quickly with some professional help. Now, with that said, how does Medicare come into play when uh, you go, when you're trying to get on Medicaid? And this, this is really important because the fact is, is that, uh, you know, as I said uh, in, the, in the first session, um, you know, half of seniors are on Medicare Advantage plans. Well, here's where the problem lies. Medicaid and the Part C Medicare Advantage plans don't mix. <laughs> so 
what it boils down to is if you go into a nursing home facility and you're applying for Medicare, they're going to want you to get off your Medicare Advantage plan and go to a traditional, uh, to traditional Medicare. Now, why is that an issue? Well, it's an issue because, you know, here we are getting towards the end of February. And uh, let's say that uh, I need to go into the nursing facility this week. All right. And I know I'm going to apply for Medicaid. Well, the problem is that the facility is not not going to want me to be on that Medicare Advantage plan because it doesn't help them. So I can elect to drop a Medicare Advantage plan and go to traditional Medicare at any time. So I can drop my Medicare Advantage plan today and go back to traditional Medicare. Is that great? Yeah. However, guess what? I can't pick up a supplemental plan until the open enrollment period next October. Or, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where, yes, I can go on Medicare, but my Medicare is going to have lots of holes in it that are uninsured unless or until I can get on uh, a, a supplement plan. And of course, when you're on uh, Medicaid, they uh, allow you to keep enough money out of your income to pay for that supplement plan. It's an option. It's an election when you go on Medicaid. But if you can't get on a supplement plan because you're not in the open enrollment period, then you know that option's not available to you, and that's bad. So the point is, is that that if you have a loved one who is a a potential candidate, you know, like you're worried about uh, next week or next month or next year, that they may very well need to go to a nursing home, then you should, during the open enrollment period, flip them over to the traditional Medicare uh, and and find the right uh, Medigap or supplemental plan for them at that point and then you won't have a problem uh, if and when you you end up going to a, a facility that's great advice for those who are in that situation and they, you know that could save you some headaches down the road and that's why this show is so valuable for those who uh, are interested in this information and who it applies to their lives and that's why they, these webinars that WG Alexander and Associates do every month are so important as well if you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance medicaid va benefits forms of financial assistance available for those families who are dealing with a long-term care crisis you really need to register and attend you can go to wgalaw.com click on the seminars button at the top of the page it's free to register there's absolutely no cost associated with these webinars there's just a wonderful educational opportunity for you go to wgalaw.com click on the seminars button at the top of the page or call 919-256-7000 to learn more a quick break and back you're listening to 
asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to register for their free webinars happening this, or not this Wednesday, but Wednesday, March 13th. Be sure to register in advance. It's free to do so. Learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, as well as asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. Just click on that seminars button. At the top of the page, I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we were focusing on the first half of the program on Medicare. We now want to shift our focus to Medicaid and some of those big questions that you often get related to Medicaid. Well, the fact is, is that our health care system, uh, and in other words, health insurance and Medicare does not provide for long-term care. Uh, it, you know, our, our system is fine for what we call acute care. You know, if you break your arm and go to the hospital, your health insurance is going to cover most of it. You know, that's the good thing. But if you go to the hospital uh, or if you go to a nursing home with dementia, uh, that's not an acute situation it's a long-term care situation and it's not covered and that's you know there are very few families that have enough income or even enough resources assets liquidity to pay for care for very long and uh, I mean people have to understand that long-term care in terms of normal costs, regardless of whether you're having people come to your home uh, for home care or whether you need assisted living or memory care in assisted living or nursing home, typically long-term care costs that are not provided by family members, which of course is the, the path that many folks are forced into, uh, it typically costs somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars a month, depending on what, you know, how much care you're receiving and where where you're getting that care and how you're getting it. But the bottom line is it's expensive, and there are very few folks who have that type of income. So the first thing I would say is if you're worried about the potential need for Medicaid. Uh, or just have a lot of questions re- relating to caring for a loved one with long-term care issues, get your advice from an elder care attorney. Because the fact is, is that uh, other than elder care attorneys, it's almost impossible to get accurate information. There are lots of professionals in the medical field uh, and in the financial field that know a little bit about Medicaid. They, but, the, but it is extraordinarily rare to have a person who's not an elder law attorney steeped in it 
that knows everything that they need to know to give you reasonably good advice regarding uh, where you can get help and whether it's actually available to you uh, or not. And so, um, you know, frankly, when people try to do do it themselves, you know, do-it-yourselfers, if you will, trying to get the care they need with a very complicated system when it comes to long-term care, they always mess it up. And we have to undo what they have done in order to actually get them the help that they need. But but let's ask ourselves uh, some very basic questions as it relates to Medicaid, because these questions are asked all the time. Um, and, and so, okay, um, what's the first one? Uh, do you need or should you give everything away five years before you might need long-term care assistance? In other words, giving it to your kids and grandkids. Um, well, <clears throat> the fact is, is to me, that's a really dumb idea. And because there are better alternatives. And yes, this acknowledges that there is a five-year look back where if you apply uh, for Medicaid and you apply for Medicaid at at the local office, the county office for the Department of Social Services in the Adult Services Division, then uh, they will ask you for your bank records and your investment records to see if you've made any transfers to children or grandchildren or other relatives um, so that, and of course, if you have within that five-year period, then there is a severe penalty where you cannot, even if you're eligible for Medicaid, it will not be provided because of a penalty period that you've created by gifts. Even if there was no intention in making the gift to make you eligible for Medicaid, you know, some gifts like that might be you've given, you're no longer driving, so you've given your car to a grandchild, uh, or you've helped a grandchild with tuition assistance because, uh, you know, they just don't have enough money to go to that expensive college that they got into. Um, And it may be at the time of the gift, you, you were feeling fine and life was good and you could afford it and you just decided to do it. But the, but the fact is, that if if three years later you have a major stroke and you need assistance and you're applying for Medicaid, that gift is a sanctioned gift and there will be a penalty. But the fact is, is that uh, typically no one knows that they're going to need assistance, uh, you know, at some point five years. I mean, that's an unpredictable kind of thing and the fact is if you give it away you've you've done you've not only created a penalty but you've lost control of your property which to me is really important for seniors to keep control of the property and at least in my opinion most seniors are careful and they're and they uh, are not they don't have risky lives and quite frankly, oftentimes when you give your property to your children or grandchildren, you're not only lost control, but you've actually given control to someone who has a much riskier lifestyle than you do and has a far greater risk of losing it than you do. And quite frankly, you need your money 
And, uh, and part of the reason is that uh, oftentimes, in fact, more often than not, we need care that is not covered by Medicaid. In other words, we, you know, we're, we can't apply for Medicaid, uh, and, but we need care at home or we need care in assisted living, and we're not eligible for any program that will help us there. Well, guess what? You need your money to pay for that. So uh, it's, it's the kind of thing where uh, giving your property away typically is a bad idea because there are better options. Um, now, what's related to that? Uh, a lot of folks want to think they're protecting their home or their farm by giving it away to their kids. You know, sometimes they'll give it away, retaining a life estate or things like that. But the fact is, should we do that in order to protect it? If you do it right and if you retain life estates and the like, it can work, but you're creating a sanction and you can't do that if there's any likelihood of needing assistance within five years of that. And quite frankly, there's a better alternative because in North Carolina, now this is not true in other states or many other states, but in North Carolina, we can use what we call a legacy deed in order to, right before we apply for Medicaid, we can actually transfer a prop property. It's not, uh, I mean, you can, sometimes we call it a life estate on steroids, but it's different from a life estate deed, but it does not create a sanction, but it does protect our home or our farm uh, from Medicaid estate recovery upon our death. And so from my perspective, that's a much better alternative than actually giving control away with a life estate uh, to, to your children or grandchildren. Plus, uh, you know, I've seen just about everything that, uh, that can happen, and I've even seen cases where uh, even with a retained life estate, uh, the child or the child's spouse prevented the parent from borrowing money on their house to pay for home care or prevented them from selling the house in order to move to assisted living because they had the remainder interest in the property and they were being greedy. Well, unfortunately, that happens because the parent lost control when they transferred the house to one of the children. Knowing the options that are available to you so that you can retain control is a big part of planning and making sure that you don't make a mistake because, as we often say on this program, you don't know what you don't know. Get a hold of an elder law attorney, sit down and have your situation laid out and see if you can come up with some planning that makes sense for you. Or if you would like to maybe dip your toes in the water a different way and want to attend one of the WG Alexander and Associates free webinars, you can go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register for the webinars. There's no cost associated with them. You can learn about long-term care assistance. This webinar deals with Medicaid, VA benefits, forms of financial assistance available for most middle-class families dealing with 
a long-term care crisis. There's also a webinar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning. Both are free. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page to learn more or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about W.G. Alexander and Associates at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We are talking about Medicaid and some big questions related to Medicaid. Bill, you just answered the question, uh, you know, do I have to give away all my things before uh, I anticipate the five-year look back? The answer is no. What's another big question? Well, uh, for those folks who uh, in the past have created a revocable living trust, an RLT, um, uh, they would often ask, does my revocable trust protect my assets for um, potential Medicaid in the future? And the answer is no, absolutely not. A revocable trust gives you zero asset protection from Medicaid or other creditors. Uh, Not all trusts give you asset protection, but revocable trusts clearly do not give you asset protection. Now, you can use a revocable trust to create asset protection upon your death for your spouse or your children, uh, but During your lifetime, a revocable trust gives you absolutely no asset protection. Now, if you're trying to give asset protection to your spouse, you know, now, a revocable trust creating what we call a supplemental needs trust for a surviving spouse does not work unless that trust is created in your last will and testament, what we call a testamentary trust. Now, you can create a supplemental needs trust for your children and your grandchildren or anyone but your spouse that will work, that's in your trust agreement, but not your spouse. For your spouse, you have to take your trust and pour it over to the testamentary trust Uh, which is the trust that's in your last will and testament. And if it's a well-written supplemental needs trust, then it doesn't count for Medicaid at all. In other words, it's a non-countable asset. There's no five-year look back. There's no sanction or penalty for having done it. Uh, And it can be an, an unlimited amount of property. And it can hold real estate. It can hold investments. It can hold retirement accounts that can hold anything as long as it's written properly. And so for your spouse, you do it in your will. For your children and grandchildren, you do it in your revocable trust agreement. But upon your death, your revocable trust becomes 
irrevocable. And if an ir- now irrevocable trust can have asset protection, but not all irrevocable trusts give you asset protection. It has to be written properly where the distributions must be in the discretion of the trustee. It's discretion that gives um, you asset protection, which can be so, so important. If it's a mandatory kind of thing, no protection. If it's a discretionary distribution, protection. This is why you really need to get a hold of an elder law attorney to make sure that you're making informed decisions when it comes to your planning and also in consideration of the expenses related to long-term care. If you would like to sit down with an elder law attorney at WG Alexander & Associates, go to WGALaw.com to schedule some time to speak with a professional and make sure that you understand all the options available to you and can do some accurate and impactful planning. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Remember, you can register for free for the March 13th free webinars put on by WG Alexander & Associates. They do these the second Wednesday of every month. If you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance, we talked a lot about Medicaid today and the misinformation and myths and half-truths related to Medicaid. Be sure to have a chance to understand who can qualify for Medicaid, what you need to do, put yourselves in the best situation, register and attend this free webinar. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. That's going to do it for us today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.